In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Who is your father? It turns out to be very important. You are baptized into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and so God is your Father. You are incorporated into the family, fully adopted, and you have all the rights and benefits that come with being adopted and baptized into this family. You are freed from sin and freed from death. You will not even taste death, no. And the devil himself has no power over you. The truth has set you free, and you are free indeed. And that is a very troubling thing for so many people. There's nothing scarier today than people who aren't afraid of death either. So Jesus has just told the Jews this truth, that this truth will set them free, and they strongly object to this because, of course, they've never been slaves to anyone. They're offended by Jesus enough to want to kill him. They try. They pick up stones to throw at him. They would later do this, of course, with, with Stephen. But Jesus hides himself, and walks right away from them. They will eventually achieve the goal. They will nail him to a cross, of course, but only when and where it pleases him. So there's a contrast that Jesus gives here between the works of God and the works of the devil. Of course, Jesus is God, and this conversation that he's having here is sort of a part of his uh, revealing himself to be God, really letting them know who he is. Jesus is more than a teacher. He's more than a healer. We like those things. But why can he teach and why can he heal? He directly identifies himself as the great I am, the Lord. He says he is Yahweh. And that is controversial for sure. Yes, it is. And people can have all sorts of weird religious ideas, but once you actually claim to be God, well, then we're going to have to do something about that and things start to change. Now, of course, we're not really like surprised by things like that anymore. Uh, we're used to all sorts of religious ideas and uh, we have been worn down and we've just kind of grown accustomed to all sorts of religious weirdness. So they don't really offend us anymore. I mean, particularly to the point where we're going to um, kill someone over it. I mean, when was the last time you threw rocks at someone because they said something kind of off about some theological uh, topic? That happens at seminary, but probably not in the rest of the world. So there you go. It's, uh, but we're, the way that we deal with things, though, we're more used to the, well, to each his own. And the, uh, yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man, way of uh, approaching variant and even deviant views of religious things. But there is a bigger issue here with Jesus. He's not claiming to just be a good or even a great teacher or even just a savior. It's more than that. 
It is a big thing that he is claiming to be. More than just the one who's going to come and save you, he is claiming to be the truth. Jesus is claiming something that significantly alters the way that you see the world and the way that you see and experience the universe. If he is truthful, and if he really is the truth, what does that mean for the world? Well, bare minimum, it means that Jesus is a part of your life that cannot be relegated or confined to a Sunday morning, for sure. Well, why is that? It's because he fills all things. It's because he always has. And that will change how you see things, everything. If Jesus is the beginning and the end of everything and holds all things together as he says he does, what does that change? Well, that will change all true things. That will change how you see things like, like math. That will change things like science. And it will change how you learn about history and how you learn about language. If Jesus is the eternal truth, if he is the truth, then we will see his glory in every strand of DNA and every verse of beautiful poetry. Your world will be different. And you will see this and you will hear this. If God is your father. Now, the reason why they cannot see this and hear this, of course, is because they are of their father, the devil. So you must be left wondering, well, who's my father? Is my father the devil, the father of lies? Which side am I on? Which side are you on? Truth or lies? We all know that our world is an absolutely insane mixture of both, and you cannot always tell what is a truth or a lie. By birth, you are children of lies. You're born into a world of death that cannot deliver itself. It's wonderful. You bring your cute little babies here, and the first thing we say, unless we are redeemed by Christ. We are under the power of the devil. Oh. The good news is that the Lord can do something about that. You're born a child of the devil. And Jesus has this wonderful habit of plucking us from the net and adopting us. And he never has too many. God can't have too many children. And in holy baptism, God made a decision for you. He made an oath to you. He made a promise to you to adopt you as his child. And now he is your true father and you live in the truth. And even now you are set free and you will not taste death. No. You are set free. Now this whole interaction in John 8th, it comes shortly uh, after a woman is caught in adultery. Jesus is teaching in the temple, and they, they're trying to trap him. And so they bring this woman who's been caught in adultery. Although the strong implication is that this isn't real, uh, and they don't have any witnesses or anything. They just have uh, 
falsely accused this woman. But, but you remember this story, though, and, and this is the only time Jesus writes. They bring this woman to him, and he, he sits down and writes in the sand. And we don't know what he's writing, but uh, it's obviously frustrating to them. And then Jesus tells them, hey, well, um, whoever is without sin, you can cast the first stone. And one by one, they walk away and they leave. And eventually, it's just Jesus and this woman who had been caught in adultery, who has nothing but guilt and shame. And Jesus, Jesus says, hey, uh, who is there who condemns you? Well, no one. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's the kind of freedom that Jesus is talking about here. Freedom from condemnation. Freedom from death. Both by God and your neighbors. Freedom. And freedom for what? Well, freedom to go and to live without sin. Hmm. The freedom to go and to live in the truth. The world has all sorts of lies about you. Lots of them. But Jesus tells the truth about you. You are more than a son of Abraham. Though you are, which is a great thing all on its own. You are a son of the father of truth. And this truth sets you free. And you are free indeed. And you have been issued and assigned a new birth certificate given in the water and in the word. And he is the beginning and the end of all things and all things in between. You have been brought into Christ and thus you have been brought into everything that is true. And we see this here in the Lord's Supper. This truth here. And this time it is true body and blood. The true body and blood of Christ that is assumed into your true body and blood. Go in freedom. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.